Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 638 of Longbox Heroes, the Lamborghini of comic book podcasts. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? Ah, oh, fighting off the early stages of a cold. Oh, no. No, nothing nothing too bad again you know i was at the wrestling on uh friday i wore a mask the entire time uh except to eat a vegan hot dog and take a picture so again that's about 30 seconds and uh my kid was sick over the weekend uh and i'm probably got whatever he had so i think we're we're, we're all dealing you know, right? I think you have a raging case of vegan hot dog, Joe. Oh boy, that's all I'm gonna say. So, but, uh, uh, so hey, since uh, I'm not, uh, I feel fine. It's just like I'm all schnotty, you know. Right, right. Um, I understand that we have a, a short show planned. Is that correct? Definitely a short show. There's no way it can't not be a short show. No way, no how. But uh, we have a slender read of news, Joe. Um, the return of a character from the 90s. And what book is digitally pop- popular? And could we be responsible, Joe? Uh, who, who knows? Who knows? Um, conventions, shocking that there's none for uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, what we read last week was we have three books because it's going to be such a short show. Nightwing 99, Stargirl The Lost Children number two, and Traveling to Mars number two. What we're looking forward to this week Um Todd and Joe have issues. The battle for second place, a.k.a. Todd and Joe go rogue. This is the finals. This is what's going to decide it, Joe. I have not looked all day. I have my chest, my 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 heart's in my throat, Joe. My heart's in my throat. I, well, I, again, I looked at 9 o'clock when I sent out the tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9 o'clock this morning on Tuesday, and that was the only time I looked. Right, I did that right after you do it. I usually do it. Um, I may have seen it a little later in the day when I was just scrolling through, but that might have been it. It was been hours. So, um, and then after that, I don't believe we have anything else because there's no TV or movies to talk about, Joe. Correct. That's the way I like it. Yep. We keep playing with uh, the idea of watching something, but then we end up falling back to. Um, Laziness. Laziness and enjoying our time off, yes. That's right. Mm -hmm. When people ask me what I do for a living, I go, as little as possible. So, um, the story you mentioned, return of a character from the 90s. And I don't want to give you the bad idea and think it's like some sort of like weird image character or like some sort of carnage or venom knockoff or something like that. Right. Uh, no, no. Uh, this is going to be the late 90s, like 97, 98. Uh, and this was when DC was trying some different things. Um, there was Young Heroes in Love. And then there was this book uh, by John Arcudi and Doug Monkey called Major Bummer. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one of those. These were like two little books that could and didn't, unfortunately. Um, I think even Young Heroes in Love got like a crossover with Final Night or some other DC crossover at the time. Okay. Uh, Major Bummer was very self-contained. 
Um, are you aware of Major Bummer? I know we probably talked about it on the show many, many moons ago. I'm aware of Major Bummer, and I'm aware of the other one, but I don't think I've ever read them. Okay. Um, so, uh, so I mentioned John Arcudi, Doug Monkey, Pete Tomasi was the editor on the show. The sh- um, book. Was on the show, on the book. Anyway, um, so it's essentially, um... An aliens high school project is to see what would happen if they give uh, a human superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. And they do their research, and they find the guy that they're going to give it to. Uh, and the guy that they're going to give it to is this guy whose name is Martin Lewis. Mm-hmm. But when they address it, they put his last name first and his first name last. So it ends up going to Lewis Martin, who is a big slacker. And again, let's say he's a stoner guy, but as much as you could be a stoner in a 1997 DC comic book, you know? Right, right. Uh, So he gets like these superpowers and then they drop a bunch of people in the area. Other superpowered things as well. In the event that, of course, in all superhero things, they're going to meet, they're going to fight and become a team up. And this kid has these superpowers and wants nothing to do with these superpowers, wants nothing to be do with being part of the team. It was, like, really high concept for its time, and that's very much the reason why it definitely did not connect. Right, which a lot of stuff at that time didn't. But DC, like you said, was, you know, that was the, the stretch of, like, two decades where they would give anything a try, you know? Right. And I don't remember how many issues Young Heroes in Love got, uh, but this got, like, 15 issues, you know? Right. I I kind of remember that, that it ran way longer than you think it would have. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, uh, ran 15 issues. Um, I have the whole run because it was one of those books that I'm like, I really love this and I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it goes. And never got collected uh, until 2011, where it was collected at Dark Horse. Right? right. So, a completely different publisher. It gets there. Um... That is also out of print, does not go uh, into any sort of reprints or anything else like that. And now, as the March solicitations came out, really super late, mind you. Oh, no. uh, Which was making me shake. uh, There is something being teased in the Image Comics 20th Anniversary Anthology book. Right. That's coming out in March. That's called the Slacktacular Now by John Arcudi and Doug Mankey. Now, <laughs> is this officially the return of Major Bummer? It's not official, but it's going to get me to buy that book to right. see if it is because <laughs> I am a Major Bummer completist. I have all the issues and I have the trade. If they ever do a hardcover, I'm going to get the hardcover. If it gets picked up an image again for another run, I'll be all over it, you know? Yeah, um, I, I, I get it. I never read it. Um, if it was 52 issues, maybe, you know, we would have done <laughs> something with it. But, uh, yeah, I think that's cool. I hope it does because I love when these, like, little projects, especially for creators, like, if they can go somewhere and make money off of it, um, that's great. But you know what I'm going to say, Joe? That's all fine and good. Yes. Call me when it happens with Vexed, okay? All right. You know? Well, let's get Salty Keith on the blower. Right. Who um, published Vexed? Was Vexed a DC? Was that DC Helix or no? 
No, that was DC proper because remember Superman showed up and showed him how to. Did you read Vex at all at any point? No. Okay, so Superman comes up and shows Vex how to hit why how to get his toilet to stop running. You have to jiggle the handle because <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it was in DC proper. But like that, I know Aaron Lepresti got Garbage Man back. Okay, and he's do he's re like you know he's making a collection. Of the original, because that was in like, that was in, I felt like weird, weird worlds or whatever. So it was like half that Tanga Kevin Maguire story and half of it was Garbage Man. He got it all back and he could make a trade out of it, but he had Batman in a couple of panels. So he had to go redraw and make it another character. So I don't think Major Bummer would have had any major DC characters in it so that you can get away with it a lot easier. Right, there was no DC like characters in it whatsoever. Right, Vex did have DC characters. Right, so maybe you know what I think. Maybe uh, for next year's Todd and Joe of issues, we'll put on the list like a bunch of sh- like uh, just a collection of short-lived books like that. Right, we'll do like Vexed, Major Bummer, Captain Carrot. We should be done with all of that right there. <laughs> Slingers. No slingers. I read some of slingers. We're good. No, you don't want to read slingers. No, no, no. I'm I'm good. Isn't I'm that sure. the one where Spider Man had four different identities, and then uh, four people took up those identities? Yes. Oh, just uh, I have a feeling the Scarlet Spider was it would be better. Okay. It wouldn't be. No, Slingers was okay. Not great, but okay. I'm just trying to think of like other short lived stuff from like late '90s, early 2000s. But that's. For like a year from now. Yeah, we're not even on the new one yet. So, well, we're almost on the new one because, um, so DC uh, over the weekend uh, was touting their numbers and their readership and everything else over on their infinite uh, comics thing. You know, the digital platform that they have, mm-hmm. and uh, they released the numbers of like the most read series were like trade paperbacks. I don't know why they're saying series, but the most read trade paperbacks were or whatever, or series. It is series. My apologies. Series. And then what the most read individual issues were, right? Right. Um, so, uh, to no surprise, um, a bunch of Batman stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the first issue of Batman year one is on the list. Uh, the first, issue of new 52 batman the first issue of the batman 89 series uh those are all on the list the first issue of the uh nightwing tom taylor run uh along with the uh dark knights of steel which is also tom taylor Mm -hmm. and i think dc versus vampires um, is that, Tom? no, that's James Tinney and my apologies. Right. Uh, but again, to have like, you know, two books like that be some of the most read individual books on the list, but the number one most read individual single issue on, uh, the DC universe, infinite, whatever was Sandman number one. As it should be. Yes. And then Sandman, the series itself is in the top 10 of the most read stuff. Uh, of the series and injustice gods among us is that tom taylor yes it is because tom worked uh the definitive colonel sanders artist worked on that right spots yep 
So Injustice Gods Among Us was the most read series overall on the uh, Infinite Streaming thing. So again, big news for Tom Taylor, but also huge news for Sandman. You got to think that the Netflix series definitely helped that. Oh, there's no doubt that that gave it the rub. You know what I mean? Right. I know a lot of people who've never heard of Sandman. Like, I'm not going to say it's The Walking Dead because that, like, you know, that really moved, that exploded. But stuff like that, that that brings this kind of stuff back into presence or, or you know, opens it up to a whole new world. You know what I mean? So I'm hoping, you know, Neil Gaiman cashes some of those residual checks. Well, we were talking at the shop this past week, and what were you telling me about, like, the deal with Netflix going over to the ad-supported thing in 2023? I had heard about that, but that wasn't me. Oh, okay. So it was somebody else at the comic book shop. Oh, um, somebody, maybe it was Tom saying, <laughs> I remember what you're saying now, is that it wasn't supposed to get a set. It might not get a second season because of, like, you know, with all the cuts Netflix was making because they were hemorrhaging money. But if they go over to that, uh, that, uh, the ad they are, that, and they are. Right, that uh, Sandman was one of those that, that people were asking about and wanting to be a part of. Right. So like, gets to season two, you know what I mean? So Right, so when Netflix was looking for advertisers to be on their ad-supported version of Netflix, the advertisers were like, we want to be on that Sandman show. Mm-hmm. That's where we want our ads. Obviously, we want our ads on, like, your Stranger Things and your whatever else is for the original programming, but like because Sandman was being requested, they're like, oh, maybe we got a hit here on our hands, something that could make us more money. Right. They can learn from Karen Berger and give it a chance, you know? Right. Uh, almost uh, finished watching the Netflix series this weekend. Oh, there you go. Only a few, only eight more episodes, right? Mm-hmm. No, I think we made it like halfway through. Okay. You're going to uh, but- spoil things for the book, Joe. That's okay, but more on Sandman and more re- more about reading it online later in the show. Right. Uh, as Todd mentioned, there are no conventions this weekend. It's New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, I will say there should have been someone that should have did a convention on New Year's Eve, you know? Uh, I think there's some novelty to that. I'm sure there's people that would be... I'm sure there's like an anime convention or a cosplay deal. Um, you know, video game thing, but we do we stick to just the comic book stuff and there's nothing going on this weekend, right? Right, because ain't no party like a Comic-Con party, because a Comic-Con party don't stop, Joe. <laughs> well, legally it has to, because they only have the deposit, you know, the deposit only <laughs> gives them so many hours, but anyway. Right. Um, but, uh, since there's no conventions, that's going to give you plenty more time to listen to podcasts on the soon-to-be-named network at soon-to-be-named-network.com, soon-to-be-named-network.tumblr.com. Anytime any of the shows go live, you could find them here. Put away your podcatchers. You only need one website, and that's us, soon-to-be-named-network.com. Anytime the shows go live, this show, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, At Odds with Wrestling, We Need Wrestling, Wings on Wings, Puzzle Warriors 3, Profane Argument, Hit My Music, Porch Talk, and anytime anyone else goes on a show and they let me know, you'll find it there. I'm already going against one of my New Year's resolutions, which is being on less podcasts in 2023. As I will be guesting on a podcast in 2023. 
What is the topic, Joe? Could it be wrestling? Uh, it would be wrestling, yes. Oh, <laughs> it's it's always it's always your two loves, Alex Jones and wrestling. <laughs> uh, but we're recording next week, and it'll be coming out the Monday after that. If that gives you a hint, oh, um, doesn't does give me one. Doesn't give Todd any. All right, well. Um, anyway, like I said, when that goes live, you'll find it there, everything else. Uh, be sure to check out some of our other friends across the World Wide Web. Our friend Mike Sterling, uh, his website, ProgressiveRuin.com. Uh, I love getting Mike's DMs when he listens to the Patreon show. Yes. Because um, the stuff that we're talking about, 92, 93, starting soon for previewing the past, he lived it. Right. And- He's an old like us. Yes. Uh, so, you know, our local retailer was just getting started with his business around that time. So I'm sure there was a lot more going on. Um, right. but like I said, I love Mike's uh, tales of what's going on there. Those are secret, though. Shh. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kevin Hellion's site, Mass Library. Uh, Rick Williams' site, FreeKarateChops.StoreEnvy.com. The uh, resin, glow in the dark, sci-fi, fantasy, wrestling stuff, stickers, pins, all sorts of stuff over there. Uh, longtime listeners to the show, Jason Sandberg and Chris Runt, both have published comic books, Jupiter and Battle Monsters, respectively. We have the links that you can reach out to them and get those comics directly from them. And if you do not have a comic book shop in your area or you do not have a good comic book shop in your area, let our comic book shop be your comic book shop, Comics on the Green. I have their Facebook page linked up. That's where Dave and the crew let everyone know when the new releases are in, what the hot pre-orders are going to be, so you can be ahead of the curve on the latest and greatest in the world of comics. And if you sign up for their mail order subscription service, whether you get your books sent to you weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly, there's a chance that you can get a sketch from our good friend Becky. Her social media is linked up here in the post as well. And uh, you can see all the prints and commissions and very, you know, all the sorts of stuff that she has done. And you could also harass her and tell her to put together some sort of, you know, bound work of all of her stuff so she can make some money. That is true. And if anybody's looking for a commission, her list is always open. That's correct. And her stuff is beautiful. Yep. So let's get into what we read from this past week, sir. Where would you like to begin? I'm going to start with the book I was looking forward to most, which was Nightwing 99, written by the aforementioned Tom Taylor and our beautiful art by Bruno Redondo. With uh, Blockbuster out of the way, that leaves a power vacuum in Bloodhaven, and uh, that opens the door for Tony Zuko, who is the man who had... uh, Dick Grayson's parents killed, and it's his. The mayor uh, is his adopted daughter, kind of a deal. Um, so he comes, figuring his daughter's running the town. Um, he can make a deal with her, and you know they can run everything. And uh, you know Nightwing's going to have none of it, and he decides that he's going to uh, make this big score, you know, to start funding them. And he ends up he's going to have this robbery. Um, in this place called The Hold, which uh, is this kind of a cool thing. Like, his Nightwing doesn't know what it is. Um, he ends up finding and thinking it's this uh, just abandoned thing down by the wharf or whatever. And it turns out to be this uh, elaborate uh, vault-type place that we don't know anything about, but I think is going to become a major 
uh, part of things. And as things go on, you know, Nightwing takes care of some business. There's some fights between, uh, you know, some sidekick villains and uh, Nightwing. You know, everything you expect. But Nightwing's like, yes, I do understand um, that this power vacuum is going to attract people like Tony Zuko and other people. But let them think, you know, I'm at my lowest and any, and I will take on uh, all comers. He's like, well, yeah, whoever wants to, I, I'm ready to do it. And like, there's some uh, resolution with you know Tony Zuko and his daughter that I like. All around, um, I, once again, I love it. Leading into issue 100 and where we go from there. I, you know, I don't have much more to say about Tom Taylor. I love his Nightwing. I love his Son of Kal El. Everything he does, I'm on board with. Yeah, so, you know, we've been reading this book, and we talk about it pretty much every week uh, or every month that it comes out on the show, uh, you know, coming up here, I think, on this run almost, you know, close to two years, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been one long, continuous story, but this story is the one that most feels like a clear jumping on point because all the issues really are great jumping on points, but this is the one that feels most like a jumping on point. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there's not an, it, so it's terrible to say, but I think so much of the strong point of this book is Dick's relationships with all of the other characters. Yep. Whether they be villain or friend. Yeah. And there is less, the least amount of that in this issue. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think that it just was a very clear, straightforward plot. Tony Zuko's here. He resolves the issue with his daughter in quotes. Um, You know, we get the bit that the, you know, his daughter, the mayor is actually related to Dick. We get a little bit of his stuff with Barbara, not a ton else. And then we get our big action set piece, right? Right. Enough to suck you in, a very easily digestible issue leading up to, as you mentioned, the issue 100. I really like the issue, and this is one where the covers are always great on Nightwing. Right. And this is one of those ones where very rarely do I do this. I paid the extra buck to get the cardstock cover. Okay. Uh, because as much as I like the minimalist version of the main cover, right. uh, the cardstock cover was uh, Dick and Barbara together, and it was more yellows to emphasize Barbara as opposed to black to emphasize Dick. Right, right. And it was just something about that. Like, both covers really pop, but uh, I'm not going to make it a habit of getting the cardstock covers, but I really like that one better. No, I get you. And the best way I could kind of describe it is uh, that what you were saying was most issues of Nightwing are accessible. This issue seemed to be super accessible. Yes. Yes. So that's the best way I could put it. You know what I mean? Well, it's to suck you in for, you know, issue 100 next month, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, So the book I was most looking forward to coming out this week was uh, Stargirl, The Lost Children, number two. Uh, written by Jeff Johns, art by Todd Nock. Did I pronounce that correctly? I believe that's how you pronounce it. Uh, so this is more of Jeff Johns laying the groundwork for all of these new forgotten characters that he's introducing both here in, and again, so I feel so bad. So the book is called Justice Society of America, but I will forever call it JSA. 
Right. I, I could deal with both, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, it just ex- because that's that run by Johns was so strong. I'm just going to default to JSA all the time. Um, and this is Courtney and Red Arrow who are tracking down clues that they have in regards to where these missing, forgotten about sidekicks have gone. And there's a discussion back and forth in regards to how many of these sidekicks are forgotten because they're just sidekicks. And they get to a point where, like, either things get too dangerous or the hero that they're the sidekick of dies or the hero that they're the sidekick of quits or goes missing or whatever it is. So they just go back to their regular life. And Mm -hmm. again, they talk about like, that's a lot of how and why these new sidekicks that they're introducing, or in many cases, most cases, they're new people that they're introducing that they've been forgotten. And Jeff John's explaining why they're forgotten. But a lot of them are actually forgotten ones from the forties that Jeff John's is like now repurposing back into the story. And, they have a lead on the island, and that's where they're headed to, and you're getting a lot of character-building stuff with uh, Stargirl and Red Arrow, and it's just issue two of a six-issue miniseries. So you really got the meat to set everything up in the first issue. This is more of, like, your character-building stuff, the groundwork stuff. Um, I did like the bit where Courtney got to dunk on Ollie. Um, that's a forgotten thing that I miss in DC Comics of people making fun of Oliver Queen for wanting to be Batman so bad. Oh, yes. Uh, but like I said, this was a very fun book, but unlike uh, Nightwing 99, where it is easily accessible to a new reader, uh, if you did not read issue one of this, you might be a little bit lost on issue two, but it's still a really good re- read because I read issue one. Yeah, um, I'm with you on all that. My favorite part, though, was giving a little backstory to Red Arrow's uh, origin and how like uh, it doesn't get basically she was the way Ollie was trapped on that desert island uh, he got you know stranded somebody put her on the desert island they had go into it was like as a kid I was there and she wants to know why none of the family came looking for her and when and I won't give too much away but when Courtney's like well why don't you talk to Ollie about this and she ends up giving the reason like why like what it would do to like all the logic to it I'm like this is really cool and that's mostly what I I like all that other stuff that you said but that hit home because it it started to you know bring out the the two main characters at this point and I and I really like that so I thought that was fun and uh yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm a sucker for anything JSA. Um, though I would like more JSA proper than JSA forgotten slash recently made, so we pretend they're forgotten. Give me Jay Garrick and Alan Scott at some point, you know? Well, you're gonna get Alan Scott because they are in all these books, mm-hmm. they are really hammering the golden age Red Lantern. Yep. Like he comes up all the time, and I'm like he is going to be super important. Like they would not be referencing this character as much as they are. If he wasn't going to be like some sort of big something going forward, you know, I'm with you. This is the character that Jeff John's going to make some extra money on the back end out of. Well, he already created the red lanterns. And now that he could like, he could do red lantern stuff without doing a green lantern book. Come on. Yep. Let's make some money. I'm with you. So uh, the other book uh, that we both read, uh, I'll I'll introduce if you'd like. 
uh, and that was issue two of Traveling to Mars, uh, written by Mark Russell, art by Roberto Melli. Um, this is the continuation of the original, uh, the first issue, where our lead character, kind of down on his luck, a uh, guy diagnosed with terminal cancer, is hired by a fake meat company uh, to be the first person to uh, set foot on Mars so that they, the fake meat company, can claim the rights to colonization of Mars. Yes. Uh, this issue is our lead character whose name escapes me. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now. I have other stuff in my brain, but go ahead. Uh, regaling a story as to why his ship is named what it is. Yes, which is a great story. Which is a great story and a great analog for what the fake meat company is doing with him. Right. Um, the fake meat company telling his mom, uh, what he has done mm -hmm. and, uh, how he needs to be nicer to the robots that are on the ship. You know what? That is a good, uh, good explanation. I'm with you on the story of the name of the ship. I thought that was fantastic in the origin and everything and how like Mark Russell, will, like delve back into like biblical texts and historical texts for a lot of his stuff. That was really interesting. The interesting thing, like you said, with the robots is he's like, describing the ship like the ship was not meant to be manned. So like there's like no certain things that aren't good for humans. Like they can't shut off the lights is one because there was no off switch. It wasn't supposed to be manned. And they go down it and ro the, the robots interacting with him because they've never met a human until they were uh, thing. And uh, like how he's like, oh, they're just, you know, they're just trying to have some fun at times. But the heart, the soul crushing one was him interacting with his mother who he didn't get to, you know, say anything to uh, before he left. And I do like the bit where they, the, uh, the uh, meat company only can control who he talks to. So they they can't give like they can't do like people can't just chime in and talk to him and get information and everything. This is all way better than I thought a, a, a book about this was going to be. I love Mark Russell and I have faith in him, but this is slowly becoming one of my favorite things that Mark Russell has done. Just because it's a little deeper, you know what I mean? Just yeah. like way deeper than wonder twins you know had some depth to it as as weird as that sounds but this for some reason is hitting on all levels for me i don't know why uh if you know i don't know maybe because you know i could have been a pet food salesman joe i could have been this guy i could be the first man on mars let's put it that way right and i i did like the bit you mentioned how okay they mentioned that the they can't turn the lights off on the spaceship right Mm -hmm. because it was supposed to be unmanned. So their, their solution was to give him a falconer's hood to wear while he sleeps. Yes. Which is like such a weird, very oddly specific bit, you know? Right, because couldn't they just give him a sleeping mask? Or Right, or something, right? Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, you know what? Or like, okay, we can't turn the lights off everywhere, but we installed a panel that in this one room, your sleeping quarters, if you use this stick and you move the panel over the light, it'll turn the lights off, right? Right. Or could they just make a room, take the, all the lights out of one room and that's your sleeping room? Right. You know, it's just weird, you know? Now, and this gets me thinking, why would an unmanned spaceship need lights anyway? It's not like the robots need to see what they're doing, do they? 
Sometimes they do because they have video, like they have that video, they have like sensors. Okay. That work like, you know, oh, like this is, we turn and this is where we go. We push this button kind of a deal. They, they, some robots work by visual too, Joe. So I, I was definitely overthinking why do robots need to see in the dark, you know, in the light, you know, right. why do the robots need lights, you know? Robots need light too, Joe. Maybe they're solar powered. Maybe they're solar powered and any sort yeah. of light will yeah. cause them to activate. But yeah, traveling to Mars is really good. Uh, check it out. It's from a Blaze Comics. And uh, th- so I was doing, um, so it's not a Blaze, but Mark Russell has his other two books over at Ahoy. Um, he has um, My Second. Bad. And second coming. Well, no, he has my bad in Billionaire Island, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm confusing. Okay, so the March solicitations come out, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Uh, that book by uh, your friend, Joanna Starrer, is coming yes. out, The Gimmick. That's coming out in March. And in March, I'm getting all three Ahoy books. Huh. And, then in, and then in April, they announced that Second Coming is coming back for a third series. Right. And, and like I'm okay with like I, it's so it's you, you know you never know what anyone's deal is with publishing or whatever it uh, whatever it is like that, um, but uh, it's just so funny that like this book's over at a blaze and he has his, uh, like all of his other creator on stuff is over at Ahoy, you know. Right. So we're getting all these books, Joe. Does that make us a couple of Ahoy boys? Yes. Ahoy. Okay, just figured I'd ask. Oh boy. <laughs> I like that. that was you're going gonna to buy your mother a car and then drive to Florida? Uh, yes. All right. There you go. That's all you need to say. Um, and I just got to throw this in here because I'd be remiss only because it's so fresh in my mind because the solicitations uh, and the preview short order form was so late in getting up. Uh, in March, uh, I Hate This Place is back. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. And... They're doing a promotion with I Hate This Place. Okay. When you get the thing, when you get the issue, you get a sticker of the cover. Oh, no. Couldn't he done a pin? No, nobody wants pins. People want stickers. He is big on his stickers. I'll give you that. Yes. Uh, so Kyle Stark's big sticker man, front of the show. Um, he has his uh, Dark Horse uh, book as well that's coming out in February. He's got I Hate This Place coming back in March. And he's also got, like, he just had something pop up on the Marvel Unlimited, like, digital exclusive thing this week as well. He it did a Great that... Lakes Avengers story. Oh, wow. Okay. I, th- I thought maybe it was that Thanos story popping up. No, no. So Where Monsters Lie is the Dark Horse book. I Hate This Place comes back in March. The Great Lakes Avengers thing. And uh, yeah, so I'm gl- I'm I'm hoping 2023 really kicks things off for Kyle. He's a really good guy, and uh, nothing's gonna work better than getting stickers with a book, you know. I was gonna say if he puts out a three ring binder with a folder in it with stickers, <laughs> then I'm in. But until then, I got a sticker guy. I don't got a binder guy. Mm. But anyway. Anyway, so uh, that's what we read from this past week. Let's get into what we're looking forward to coming out this week. Uh, This is the last week of the year. If you head over to Longbox Heroes 
every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week, whether you get your books digitally, whether you get them shipped to your home. Uh, however it is, you get your books before warned, before armed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is most looking forward to coming out this week. I am currently behind Todd by two books. So I can't win, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to try. That's right. Uh, but since I went first, I'm looking. I go first. I'm looking over your list. Is the book you are looking forward to most? The finale of Nice House on the Lake, number twelve. It is the finale of Nice House on the Lake. Yes, right. Um, I know we had talked before and said maybe this was a book where the delay might have hurt it a little bit. Right. Um, just because we weren't as familiar with the characters. Uh, here, as we were saying, something like Human Target that took a few months off. Yep. Um, that being said, uh, that I, you know, I did go, kind of go and like gang read the last couple issues altogether when I was getting caught up on stuff. You know, mm-hmm. did it put me behind on other stuff? Yes. But did it prepare me for this? Also, yes. Okay. Cool. Um, what is that creep show book on your list? That is an anthology horror title, and you know me, my love of horror. I do know so, you and your love of horror. So it has multiple stories in it, but one of those horror stories is by the aforementioned Kyle Starks. Oh, get out of town. So I was like, I'm going to pick that up just because I support anything Kyle does. You know, Even if it's only a short story, three-something ain't going to kill me, you know? And who's the publisher on that? You know what? I don't know off the top of my head. Let me see. Maybe Dynamite? IDW? Hmm. I'm trying to get me to get a TV show. Um, Image. Okay, yes. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Image Skybound, yes. Right, so. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to look at that. Oh, and Todd, I... Todd, for the second time, I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. I've got some bad news. Okay. Uh, so you mentioned it's an anthology book. Um, I think there's three stories in this, two stories in this. Okay. Uh, you got your Kyle Stark story. And then the second story uh, by Henry Baraja and okay. Donnie. Uh, drop a hellacious tale of a fallen luchador who will do anything to claw her way back to the top. Um, that's okay. I don't have to read that story. <laughs> well, listen. Uh, you will live. You will die as you lived, being a fan of professional wrestling and attending <laughs> as many shows as you possibly can. What do you think this is? I see traveling to see a wrestling show, Joe. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see if there's an extra copy of that when I go to the shop uh, on Wednesday. Uh, looking at your list, though, I think the book you're most looking forward to coming out this week is also Nice House in the Lake number twelve. It is. I'm looking forward to see how that all wraps up, and I may do a reread. You know what I mean? Because right. I have more time than you. Um, the one thing I will say is that we're at the end of the month now. Yes. I was mad there was no Human Target in the month of December. Yeah, that's one of those DC is doing like a weird shipping thing. Yep. With a lot of their books, and Marvel's starting to do it too. Like, um, 
when the January solicitations came out for DC, you had January and then you had one week in February. Mm-hmm. When the February solicitations came out for Marvel, you had February and then you had the two the first two weeks of March included in there. Right. So, so they're doing weird things to get certain books solicited at a certain time, even though they're soliciting them like in advance. Right. And then it seems like with Human Target, it's I'm not saying the book's late, but it's like, oh, we're gonna solicit one for November. And then we're going to give it a month and a week, and the next issue will be out. Yeah, so it's, it's like, like it's like on a five to six week schedule, right? So it's not bi monthly, and it's not monthly. It's like somewhere in between. It makes me wonder if like Greg Smallwood or Tom King slowed down a little. And I'm hoping that I will take a five week turnaround on Human Target as long as like the last two issues they don't go crazy. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my only worry. So I know fa- just uh, unrelated, but Fables fell super late, you know? Right. Um, and I think the last issue of Human Target comes out like the second week of March, which I would be fine with. So, yeah. Because then we um, would have one January, February, March, you know? Right. But like I said, it's just like, I think it's on like that rolling like four to six week, five week, f- mm-hmm. you know, like, five-week schedule, just like whenever we can get it out, we get it out, you know? I'm just mad it won't go head-to-head with Saga. Yeah, which returns January as well. Right. I don't think they return the same day, a week, but if they did, you know? no. Well, you know, who knows what could happen, but that's the one good thing about Saga. Saga is always like a last week of the month book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. If I, like, if I, I could look at the historical data <laughs> going all the way back to the beginning... Right. But I know January, February, March, it's the last week of the month for all okay. those three months. Just because I was they're, they're fre- that book is fresh in my head, you know? Right. It's not Southern Bastards. It's fresh in your head. Right. <laughs> that Southern Bastards is in the side column uh, on my on my pull list of like, these are books that the creator said are going to come back eventually. Is Fix the Fix right next to Southern Bastards? The Fix is on there as well. I would love to see what is in the, the side folder okay. of what's coming back. You know, Listen, are we padding the show this week? I don't know. Do you want it to be short or do you want some padding? Mm, let's get some padding. So you're Let gonna me have to, see. You have to purge those when they come back. I move them over to the other column. Oh, I thought it would be going to your weekly purchases. Oh, no, I don't have it here. Oh, I guess there goes the padding. Well, we could kill some time. Right, we could talk football. No, well, we can talk football uh, because the pigskin pickums were just delaying the inevitable on the other thing. Um, well, besides the pigskin pickums, I want to just say that we close out the year here uh, with me with 41 correct guesses and Todd with 43 correct guesses, uh, which puts the years of us doing this uh, with Todd at six wins, two losses, and one year we tied. That tie kills me. I'd rather just lose, Joe. <laughs> it's like kissing your sister tie. Well, listen, it's all going to come back around here because you have made some headway. You have made some distance on me in the pigskin pickums. I went up one to 25th place. You, however, went up to 22nd place. Right. But there's only one point different between us. So, well, so there's still time. I Listen, I haven't changed any of my picks. 
I have a feeling that you may have changed some of your picks. Oh, okay. And listen, there, there, I you want, can do whatever I, you want. You could change your picks up until the game begins. The I bit do is, do that. I don't look. Right. When I find out like a quarterback got hurt or something like that, I may change my picks. Well, let's just say I make my picks weekly. Like after the the Monday, after the <laughs> like Tuesday afterwards, I make my picks. I go, oh, like, did they say anybody's hurt? Blah, blah, blah. Like this quarterback's out for the week or whatever. And then as I get closer, maybe somebody gets hurt in practice, I'll double check. And then I'll make my picks right after I tweet out, hey, everybody, you know what I mean? Tonight, the, seat, the week, whatever starts. That's when I'll go over my picks again. I don't like dwell on them. It's like, okay, Tuesday, make them. Thursday, maybe go over them again. Sometimes I don't even do that, and then that's what it is. You know what I mean? Like, I feel as though I should go in there and check to see if I have the Broncos pick to win any of the remaining games of the season and change them to not winning. Right. (laughs) And then I feel as though, like, if I have the Eagles, like, not winning any games, I should change them to winning those games. And how do you feel about the Raiders, Joe? I think the Raiders, I should probably change. Like, didn't I see there was some big upheaval with the Raiders this week as well? Well, that was your other co-host. What had happened was it was the talk to the refrigerator bowl between you and Oh, boy. All right. So, but it was on Christmas Eve, and it was on a channel I don't get. So I didn't get to really watch it. But it was the Steelers versus the Raiders with the 50th anniversary of Franco Harris's immaculate reception, which he didn't catch. Um, oh, so, my goodness. So that was supposed to be the big game, and they were going to retire Franco Harris's number, and then Franco had to go and spoil that. Um, you know about Franco Harris, right? No. He passed away like three days before the 50th anniversary and the the retiring of his jersey. So, oh, jeez. So in my in my in my head, I was of a mind the Raiders were going to spoil it, and I had the Raiders marked down as the win. And then Franco Harris died, and I meant to go back in because the call was going to you know. The, the, the bet knows is that it was going to, you know, we have to fix this one so that we can, you know, honor Franco Harris. And I think that's what happened. Hmm. If the games are fixed, that's what happened. So if the games are fixed, <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, in the end, I, I honestly should have went back and changed that. But I figured you would have picked the Raiders and I wasn't going to lose uh, a spot if I picked the Raiders. So right. there's a lot of psychology here for my picks, Joe. See how that's working out for me? Yeah, it's working out great. So, um, Human Target 11 right. is currently scheduled for January 25th. Right. I think it was supposed to be sooner than that. It okay. recently got pushed. Because I want to say it was January, like, and I know I don't might not have the day right, like 8th or 9th originally, mm-hmm. you know? And then uh, issue 12 is March 1st. Okay, see, I thought we had a... Uh, 10, 11, and 12, but I guess I'm wrong. No. So you're telling, okay, that, all right. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, so here is the side list. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, on my, on my pull list. Bad Dog, which was a Joe Kelly, Pascal Ferry book at Image. Okay. How old is that? Um, Okay. I could no. I mean, like two decades, a, a few years. 
I can look to see when the last issue came out, you know? Um, the last issue came out in 2014. Okay. And they said they were going to be doing more, and they never did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonderfall, which is a all-ages fantasy book that Gail Simone announced that she was going to do at Dark Horse. Right, but that don't count. It, it counts. It counts. Did it was never solicited? No, it was never solicited. Then it don't count. If you don't but solicit it's on, it, it's on the list because I don't want to miss it if or if it ever comes out. You know, that's fair enough. But these are books people said are coming back. These right. are that's a book that she said, "Oh, I'm going to do." Then maybe was like, ah, "I'm taking it someplace." So something something fell through. It was never solicited. So you know that uh, that's you don't count it. Work. But go ahead. So. Okay, so next we have Velvet from Image. Okay. Yes. Uh, I don't think that ever came back. No. Um, Clean Room from Vertigo, the other Gail Simone book. Yeah, I dropped that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Copperhead. That one I don't know. Uh, Copperhead, and again, I'm in the middle of something else. And this, uh, wait, well, <laughs> uh, Copperhead was Jay Faber. Okay, I yes, I remember you talking about that. Uh, it was like um sheriff on like a desolate planet and he has a connection to the mayor um the last issue of that came out in 2017 not bad not bad and they said that was coming back mm-hmm. um the fix of course do you remember dead eyes yes dead rabbit and then they had to change the name yes uh, so they they resolicited it. They uh, you know they did the first couple the first two issues as Dead Rabbit. Then they redid the series under the new uh, non legally binding name of Dead Eyes. And right. the last issue came out three years ago. Oof! Uh, and that was supposed to be solicited to have another whatever, right? Another storyline at least, right? And then um, also an image Greg Rucka's Black Magic. Oh, okay. That was Nicole Scott on art, right? It was. Oh, okay. That book looked really good. Right. It was really good. And it was just one of those books. It was like, yeah, we're running behind schedule. We got other stuff that we're doing. Uh, we're going to come back to this. Right. And it's usually what happens. Usually. Right. Usually what happens. And I will also throw this out here as well. Um, what publisher was this for? Uh, Mark Russell was doing a book called Dead Box. Oh yeah, that was the one that had like a like one of those DVD boxes outside the store, right? And it would show you the movie and see how it like worked with the person who was watching it, kind of a deal. Um, so they did the first two issues. The third issue got resolicited and came out this past July. Then okay. issues four and five, which were supposed to come out respectively January and May, uh, never came out. Okay. Uh, and that was from AWA. Right. That one I tried and I didn't care for, so I, I didn't even go any further. I might have got one or two, but right. I was like, nah. Uh, but like I said, that was one where they resolicited issue three, 
And I'm like, ooh, baby, that means four and five will be coming out. And they never re-solicited four and five. No, he's too busy having too many books at Ahoy and a Blaze. Yes. I think he's stretched. He's the guy who, who, you know how we always talk, like you have that amount of books that you can do yes. before you stretch yourself too thin. He's right at the edge right now. He's right at the edge. The only good thing for him is he has multiple miniseries. So yes. you, you don't know if he wrote those on top of each other. You know, it might be like, oh, these, these three miniseries are coming out at the same time, but I might've been writing them at different times and the artist just finished them whenever. So that's a good thing. Right, so that's the side list on my uh, my books that I have. And he has that Superman space a uh, uh, book that he has to finish up too. So uh, I th- so I think that only ended up like okay. So I don't know what it was originally solicited as three issues. Uh, okay, it was solicited as three issues. The second issue is coming out in February, allegedly. Okay, allegedly. Right. Didn't we get a second issue already? No, I think we only got one, but let me double check. If the second issue didn't get solicited, then the third issue got selected. You're correct. We did get a second issue. The third issue is solicited for February. Right, and that'll be the final one. Yes. Okay. Mark Russell getting around. <laughs> um, and then... Should I bother? It's been... It's been like a year and a half since I bothered Gail Simone about this, about that Wonderfall book. Can always ask. She's as long as you're not, you know, banging on her. Right. She's, she's usually good. Like if you're not like attacking her, she's like, oh, like this is a project I'm curious about. Really want to read. You know what I mean? When you don't come out like, how come you didn't get it out? Or, you know, which is don't be mean is what I'm saying, Joe. No, no, never. You listen, Todd. Do I have a reputation of being a mean person? No, passionate, yes. Mean, no. Right. You could probably ask Labrigani while you're at it, too. Right. Uh, we'll leave them alone. So. There we go. All right, so let's see. I'm just nesting previous tweets that I sent to her. I figure once a year-ish is good to bug her, you know? Yeah, you're not like uh, you're not like every other week, you know? Yeah. Maybe she'll answer you this time. Or maybe she's got a non-disclosure contract. You never know. Exactly. Uh, so we've been putting it off long enough, Todd. Mm-hmm. It's time to see who has the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. I'd ask for a drum roll, but it's too late. We should have had it ready already. No, I could put it in post, but I'm not gonna. Don't do it. It's gonna be a short I, show. I won't. Uh, and Todd, sadly, I'm here to report <sighs> that with 51.7 percent of the vote, uh, made of wood killer two wins. Uh, <laughs> so officially, Batman has the second best rogues gallery in all of comics. Yes. I wanted this so bad. (laughs) I was willing to murder whoever I had to, but I figured if I murdered them, they couldn't vote for Made of Wood Killer. Thomas and Martha. Right, right. But I'll say this, and I will gladly hand over my phone the next time I see you. Right. But uh, no, I, I... 
So you're basically saying with like 51 point something percent? 51.7, yes. So that was close, boy. Woo! I think you're talking a margin of two votes. It's got to be because it, uh, how many votes did we have? We only got 29 votes on it. All right. So then, yeah, it was probably like 20, you know, 29 for made of wood, 28 for, you know what I mean? Half. Yeah. yeah. I get you. I can't do, I'm a, I'm not a math leak tonight, but I'll take it. Batman's got the second best rogues gallery in comics. I defer. It was a, an expertly put together tournament. Uh, The best of the best were chosen and only one (laughs) stands. Right. Uh, I'm glad a uh, also ran uh, Golden Age Green Lantern villain was able to hoist up the Bat Villain verse to second and, place. And because we're padding out the show, I could say this now. <laughs> um, I was uh, when you put Video Man in. Yeah. I not that I was like whatever in my mind. I was like, well, why didn't I put in Condiment King? Because Video Man, to me, and he was in a comic, so he counts, so I'm, I'm right. totally giving you that. But to me, Video Man will always be the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends character. Yes. That, that's that's fine. But in my mind, I was like, I couldn't put Condiment King in, but then he was in that one issue of Tom King's Batman run, and I'm like, ooh, he's fair game. But I didn't do it, and I thought I was going to lose to all the marbles because I didn't do that. I figured he would have been the one that was standing last if I did. Did I give you pushback on Condiment King? I don't think I remember. No, no, no. we're talking about how Todd's brain works right now. Okay, I was going to say because I don't think I, I don't think I would no. have given you pushback on Condiment King. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have. I just of the mind. I don't. Rem- uh, I may be misremembering now. I may have remembered it as after I put the list together that he was in one issue of Batman. And then I was like, oh, should I put him in later? You know what I mean? And then I was like, ah, I can't swap my, now we had the list locked, even though people didn't know who was in it. In my brain, I was like, if I had remembered earlier on, maybe I would have, I would have threw him in. I was like, cause it was like him, Penny Plunderer and a couple others that I thought would have been the, you know, walking away. I never thought it would have been made of wood killer too. I thought he'd be up there. But I had three or four choices that were way higher. I'm shocked Penny Plunder didn't make it to the finals, and I'm shocked that uh, Alosha Craven made it as far as he did. That was the one that I was I was a shock. I was shocked. Yeah, I was really shocked. It was, like, and I actually I thought it was uh, you, Green Goblin three went way farther than he should have. Yeah, Green Goblin 3 went way farther than he should have. Just on Green, Go- Green Goblin name alone, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I think him being named Bart Hamilton and him only having like those Silver Age appearances and looking yep. real goofy, I think, helped his cause. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. So, but either but way, again, I listen, I defer. I, you know, I, I put up a good fight, but again, Spidey, I'm sorry. Uh, you'll just have to settle for being third best, you know? Right, and I will say this. I've always said this. Spider-Man in a walk has the best supporting cast in the history of comics. In a walk. Nobody comes even close to Spider-Man. Hey, listen, you get no arguments from me, you know? And I'm not a Spider-Man guy, but that, that Daily Bugle boy, that is powerful. High school and Daily Bugle is powerful stuff. Um, Depending on the day... Um, I put J. Jonah Jameson against any other supporting cast member outside of Alfred. I was just gonna say that's the that's the big one. Yeah, 
And I would say, now I, we're not going to do a poll. In that, in Alfred and J. Jonah Jameson, who does your heart go with? J. Jonah Jameson comes a Spider-Man guy. And you know who my heart goes with? Alfred. Right. So I just, I don't know. But yeah, J. Jonah Jameson's up there. And especially when uh, uh, J.K. Simmons did, like, there may be no more more accurate version of any comic book character on the big screen than his version of J. Jonah Jameson. Cracks me up every time I see it. (laughs) I will say the biggest complaint that I have about Alfred is that over the more recent years, they've watered him down. And for whatever reason is that they've kind of made him not just a father figure to Bruce, but to all of the bat people like he's Tim's father figure. He's Dick's father figure. You know, he's even Damien's father figure. So it's like just little nibbles out of him being Bruce's father figure. Whereas there's no, like, Jonah Jameson really hates Spider-Man, but he also kind of sort of hates the Human Torch. No, no. It's blind rage towards Spider-Man 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Oh, okay. So I'm with you. I'm with you. If If Alfred's everybody's father figure, he's nobody's father figure. But J. I, I Jonah, only say a little bit. I only say a little bit. No, I, I'm with you. I get it. That waters him down. But you know what waters J. Jonah down for me? Hmm. Is it's the same thing that kind of waters down uh, Clark Kent and the Daily Planet. Like, newspapers have gone the way of the dinosaur. So, like, that's like he, like, it's like, oh, what are we going to make? Are we going to make him a pundit on TV? We're going to do this. Like, he's very, like, you don't know what to do with him. And then anything that they did where he became. He was involved in Peter's life and knew when I was reading Spider-Man for a short time, I was like, they really have J. Jonah wrong right now. He just needs to blindly hate Spider-Man and that's it. We don't need like well-rounded J. Jonah. Uh, Like when it comes to that, he had other things with his family, but you know what I mean? Like I was reading it and I'm like, he's trying to help Spider-Man in these issues. No, that would never happen. Um, yeah, I get you. It's like, stick to your IP. Know your formula, man. Right, right. All right, so no tournament this year, 2023, for Todd and Joy of Issues. We're going to be reading something. And what we're going to be reading is Sandman. Ooh. Uh, So this is something that we put up a vote to you, the listeners of the show, of what we would be doing. And I think we'll probably do more reading stuff unless we get some sort of big dispute that we need to do uh, in the future. Maybe best supporting characters, Marvel vs. DC, somewhere in the future. (laughs) But Joe wants to win one. But anyway, go ahead. No, listen, I lose them all. You know, and that's I'm not looking to win. Listen, it is what it is. Uh, But Todd is uh, the Sandman master when it comes to things. It's like, oh, we got like, oh, you know, I got the 75 issues. I got two death miniseries. And I think there was like another miniseries, right? And then Todd gives me this litany of this list, right? Of all this right, other stuff. my dissertation on Sandman. Right. So to fit it all into a calendar year, um, it averages out to be about two issues a week. Okay. Not bad. Uh, no, and every week I'll be putting up the poll post of just saying, like, hey, issues one and two, issues two, three and four. And when we run into those ones where we're reading more than two issues or less than two issues, of course, that'll be there as well. But in every one of these posts, the full reading list will be there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, we're talking online. You know, we mentioned before the DC Unlimited thing. I don't know what the DC Unlimited thing costs off the top of my head. Um, but digitally, you can get all of Sandman there, right? Right. Um, you could sign up for Kindle Unlimited slash Comixology Unlimited, right? Right. That's $6 a month, and all of Sandman is in there, you know? Uh, you click through our Amazon banner when you do so, we get a little bit of a kickback when you do it, right? Yep, I, I always say every comic book library should have uh, a hard copy of Sandman somehow, whether it be the individual issues, softcover, hardcover, uh, or absolute. Any way of those is acceptable. And I, I, you know, also, if you are so inclined that you work at, you know, obviously you can go to your local comic book store and buy them, buy the physical issues, buy the trades, buy the hardcovers, buy the omnibus, whatever it is, right? Right, maybe Six. in your town. Maybe in your town, the library has them. Okay, so that was the other thing that I was going to mention was go to your local library. Any good local library worth its salt should have these books on their shelves, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, I can't remember what the name of it is, um, but it's an online streaming thing where it's through your local library. Yep, if you have a library card, you're able to use it, right? Correct. Okay. And you have to make sure that it's a participating library and essentially you could digitally take out movies or audiobooks or digital copies of Sandman, right? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to look what the thing is. If it was any other day, um, I would know what it's called, right? Right, but today you're all pilled up, so Yes. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, if, you know, and if any of these things don't work for you for some reason, you know, I'm sure you could reach out to us and we can maybe point you in the right direction of maybe where to find some of these things, you know? Right, right. Um, dang it. I can't remember what the name of the thing is, but it's like, um, some sort of like, sir, like, oh man, I, is somebody tell me what it is in the comments or tweet at me or whatever it is. I'm kicking myself that I can't remember what it is, you know? Right. Um, but like I said, there's many ways that you could read Sandman. You know, you're talking to two people that have this at least three to four different ways. Yes. Right. Um, but what got me digging down this was that before Comixology merged with um, Amazon, the first couple issues were on Comixology for free. As they should be. Yeah, and now they're not. You know, now you got to sign up for Kindle Unlimited or whatever it is, but Kindle Unlimited has a 30-day free trial. I'm not right. saying go get the free trial and read all of Sandman in 30 days, but... I could I can't think of much better ways to spend 30 days, you know? I couldn't either. And I'm and you know, as we do this, I'm really happy to do this show because uh, you know, you were joking around the beginning that uh that I that I know Sandman. Sandman is one of the few things that I do know. Like I'm useless in most other areas, but like I read Sandman backwards and forwards and like having the companion book and everything I love Sandman. It's on my Mount Rushmore, and it may be my number one, which is weird. Like, you know, because everybody's like Justice League International, whatever, blah, blah. But I think, you know, if it's not my number one, it's my, it, I think it's the best crafted 
series ever in the history of comics. So if it's not my one, it's my one A. Right. In that I could probably think of like, who who are you and what do you like? Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you give me a who you are and what you like, I could probably think of a comic book story with superheroes in it and direct you to that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you kind of look at me like a blank slate, like you don't know what's up, but you want to read something that's a comic book, I could give you Sandman. Yes. But even if you tell me the things that you like, I could get you to read Sandman because the first story does have superhero stuff in it, kind of, sort of. Right. Um, and if that's not enough of a hook to get you in, then I don't know what is. Yep. Um, obviously the book changes as it goes on, but it, you know, grows into a very different book. And whether you've read tons of things comic book wise or not, whether you're a reader or not, or whether you're a consumer of media or not, um, like I said, if not one, it's definitely one a, yeah, that's where I'm at with it, but definitely on the Mount Rushmore top five, definitely. But I even told April that for this year, we're doing a reread of Sandman. And she was like, ooh, I'm jealous, you know? Right. I'm in when I got time. When I In between uh, slinging shoes, I'm going to read Sandman. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the post will go up on Wednesday, just as a reminder of, like, what the issues that we're going to be reading are. We'll talk about them uh, on the show. And it's going to be interesting to, like, you know, obviously, you and I have both read it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's going to be one of those things where, like, I read the first two issues and I'm like, you know, I could just sit here and read the next six issues. But they need to be fresh in my head for three weeks from now. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm with you on that. And what I'm genuinely interested in is all the weird stuff that you haven't read. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how much of the, the, the little short stories along the way you've read. Because a lot of those were the ones that stuck with me the most because I did Sandman, like I came into Sandman a little later and then went back. So mm-hmm. these were like in like, you know, uh, previews of things that they were giving away and tryouts and stuff. And I was like, oh, like this is really good. And then, you know, go back and read Sandman if that makes any sense. I just yeah, and we'll get into those when we get into those. And we'll actually probably get into a bunch of those on uh, previewing the past. Because they're coming up in that chronological time order in 1993 as we're going to be going through reading Sandman, you know? Right, yep. Uh, but I mentioned previewing the past. Of course, that's one of our Patreon shows. Uh, Patreon.com slash Heroes. A little as a dollar a month, you're going to get two bonus shows from Todd and I. Because uh, these are the only podcasts that you listen to. You want more of me and Todd, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you are going to get uh, Previewing the Past, where we look at 30 years ago that month's previews catalog. I'm excited to dive into 1993 here shortly to see how long the dinosaur craze is going to be going on for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then our movie show, which, again, we'll maybe tease next week when uh, that show goes out for everyone over on the Patreon. But we're going to be watching a different movie of a certain theme uh over the calendar year 2023 and then as the we have our list compiled and then as the year goes on we're going to let fate decide of what we watch next on the lists right um and like i said you can sign up for those and you also get the uh preview catalogs that we talk about that month and have talked about for the previous two years you get full color high quality professionally done scans of those previews catalogs right all that a dollar a month five dollars a month is going to get you those shows two weeks before everyone else and it's going to get you after dark two days before everyone else 
so that you could listen to these shows in the correct listening order. That's probably the greatest deal on Patreon. Uh, I would say so, you know. Um, I mean, I, and all joking aside, I'm not knocking the show down because I know that's one of your pet peeves. I think we know what we're worth, and I think that's a fair price. Mm-hmm. So give it a try. You know, I've kicked. You know, I, I I've kicked the tires of thinking of going and raising that one to two, but I don't think it's worth it. I think a dollar is perfect. I think yep. five dollars is perfect to get the early access to stuff. You know, let's not overcomplicate the Patreon. You know, right? I mean, I wouldn't mind because I don't have to deal with it, but I get right. what you're saying. So correct. Uh, but another way that you can help us and support us. Uh, is making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon affiliate link. I mentioned it before, of course. If you're going to read Sandman through Amazon Comixology Kindle Unlimited, sign up for it through our click-through. I think it's a bounty that we get some sort of whatever. Even if you just do the 30-day trial, we get a couple extra bucks for it, you know? Right. Uh, But like I said, Amazon calls it an advertising fee. I call it the thing that makes Todd happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the money. Yeah. Uh, purchases this month. Uh, somebody purchased a new era women's NFL core classic 920 adjustable cap for the Falcons. Uh, like uh, Captain America and the Falcon? No, the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Uh, somebody having a very odd DVD double feature for Christmas in Prancer, a Christmas tale, and the horror movie Krampus. I would like to see a crossover between those two. I think that's what these people did. They put the two DVDs in at the same time and hoped for the best. <laughs> right. Uh, and somebody also did the uh, Kroger Meat Opportunity, <laughs> where they purchased a $50 Amazon gift card. And then hopefully bought a Falcon's hat, Prancer, and Krampus. <laughs> uh, Thank you for those purchases. Right. And also someone hooked up our click through to their comicsology and uh, bought some comics, which I always love. Uh, books like Batman Beyond the White Knight number seven, DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock versus the Army of the Dead number four, um, Little Monsters number seven, uh, the book we're looking forward to most next week, Nice House on the Lake number 12, Shirtless Bear Fighter volume one, trade paperback. I wonder if that's uh, Becky. Um, Tales from Earth 6, a celebration of Stan Lee, number one. And finally, Vanish 4. Once again, thank you for all of your comic book purchases. I love to see them every time. Yep. And the one thing, of course, when I pull the list for us to talk about on the show, I pull it usually around like 9 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, And a lot of those DC books are Tuesday, like at midnight releases. Right, right. So that's someone who has their subscription uh, set up that way, so they were immediately hitting, or someone who just couldn't wait and was at 12.01 was clicking the link to get those books, you know? Right, F5, 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 thinking it's a podcatcher. That's uh, right. You know, one of your things that you use. And I'll close out with this, Todd. I know you have it on your list, The Tales of Earth 6, A Celebration of Stan Lee. What Earth is the uh, DC Comics version that was created by Dan the Manly? Oh, that's uh, Earth the best right there. Earth the best? Yes, I don't know. Earth number number uh, plus one, I guess. Mm-hmm. I got nothing, Joe. They can't all be winners, you know? No. Eh. You could cut that in post. Nah, I'm leaving that in because it's at I the end of the show. Um, I was gonna. I was looking as we were discussing this to see if there's been any updates on Dan the Manly. 
there hasn't. I was looking that I know of. Mm-hmm. All right. I hope he's doing well. I hope, I hope he's, he's doing well. I know there was some issues earlier uh, a couple months ago, but hopefully uh, things are doing well for Dan the Manly. Uh, but that's it. We got no TV to talk about. We filibustered as much as we can. Hopefully, this is an enjoyable show to end out 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, for. Uh, Todd, this is Joe closing out episode 638 of Longbox Heroes, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. Listening to the soon to be named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.